says, this I say, then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, one the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by, of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revealing, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the times past, that they which do such things should not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Such there is no, against such there is no law. I'm going to read a scripture real quick. You don't have to turn there. This is a scripture that's helped me as a Christian daily. Um, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ dead in vain. So we're going to go over some definitions and the fruits of the Spirit this morning. Um, this is something that helped me along the way. Some men get, who discipled me invested time in me. And they did it patiently because they needed a lot of patience to, <laughs> to deal with me where I came from. Um, so the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And some of the things that God's word is purpose, purpose, purposeful. He puts every word where it needs to be, when it needs to be there. And he does things um, in junction with one another. So the fruit of the spirit love is first. And some of the things that were taught was without love, you can't have the rest of the fruits of the spirit. They're not. So begin there. And we have a great picture of love through John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So th there's a definition for love that is very accurate. And I feel it says the willing sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without thought of return. I mean, and then on the opposite side of that is the works of the flesh which is self-love we myself 
I'm not going to do anything unless I get something in return. Mm. That's the flesh. Everything we do, we go to work for money. We love somebody because we want that love in return. We care for somebody because we want people to care for us. But Christ did it for us. There was nothing. There's nothing. He said that it's a gift. There's nothing we can do in return for it except believe. There's no actions we can take. There's nothing that he wants other than us to believe. The selfish, the self-love definition is the, the willing or unwilling giving of oneself to others with selfish thoughts of return. And it, it's so hard that I am crucified with Christ daily. We have to walk, to walk in Christ's love, the things that we do. It's so hard dealing with personalities, people, unsaved people, who all they do is come at us with self. Everything they do is because they want something in return. And it's hard to crucify yourself when, yeah. and not respond. They respond with anger. What do we do? We rear up. We, we respond with anger. We don't. We have to stifle that. Die to self. And respond with love. And that's that's tough. It's tough in a world, in a work, wicked world as it is today. Um, guys at work, I, you know, it's it's a struggle because they're not saved. And to respond the way they respond is responding in the flesh and everything we do. You know, pride, arrogancy, um, is hard to cast that down. But we can do it. He says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can live a victorious life through him. Is it a constant battle? It is. For me, for me, it is. Um, I grew up in a home that love wasn't a priority. So learning these things, I was completely outside of me. Completely outside of me. And it took a lot of patience for um, the men around me who, who brought me in into, into Christianity, who led me to Christ, who led me and showed me the picture of what it is to love somebody just because you want to love them, just like Christ did for us. Um, it's sometimes it's scary, you know. I was afraid of loving somebody and not getting love back. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, you're you're casting down everything you knew and everything everything I knew in the flesh. Share one scripture right here. James. James 3.16 says, For where envy and strife is, 
there is confusion and every wicked work. I, you know, when somebody loves you with nothing, expecting nothing in return, it's tough. It's tough to, it was tough for me. I didn't know. It's like new ground. It's a new mind, a new mindset. But where I, they were teaching me to wash, wash away through the scriptures, through their actions, through through the the ways that they were teaching me. I had to forget about it. I had to just forget everything I knew. And, and man, they really do love me. They really do care. Christ really does love me. He really does love us. And he really does care. And it was just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that there are people out there. Um, you lose that in a, I lost that in sense of my parents, the things that they raised me in. I didn't, I didn't feel like I knew what love was. But then in being introduced to Christ, they, they slowly were able to show me and Christ was able to to show me. I um I praise him for that. I praise him that uh I can show my sons what love is. You know, something that I, I held on to for a long time was if for me it was my mother. She is supposed to be the person who loves you unconditionally without you know they they look at all your character defaults they look at all your issues and they still love you they see the the trials and and the lifestyle i was living i chose to live in for a while and i didn't know that because i didn't have that and i held on to well if, if the person who's supposed to love you the most doesn't then who does but christ christ does he's seen all that he was there with me through all of that and he died for me and he chose to die for me and he chose to forgive me so i that is love to me and that's how we're supposed to love as christians you know, it went through this long list of, uh, let me go back there, long list of sin. And he said that uh, in such things, at the end of it, he says, envy, murders, drunken, revealers, such things of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God forgave me for a lot of those things. That was my character makeup. He laid that before me. That was who I was. And he showed me that because of those things, 
not because of what this person did or that person did. That doesn't give you the reason to live that lifestyle. It gives you, it shows you who you really are, who I really was. And he says, that I shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And it woke me up. Whoa. Whoa. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and he goes into the fruits of the Spirit. So love, the willing sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without the thought of return. That's who I had to be now. That's who we have to be now. And we had to put off self-love. And that's a daily, for me again, that's a daily basis thing. When I wake up in the morning, Lord, help me to be loving. Help me to show your love and not my flesh. So then we're going to go on to joy now. You can't. Unless you know God's love, you can't know true joy. I remember the day when I surrendered to Christ. I was in a church and it was pretty charismatic church, let's say that. And uh, they called, they called, had an altar call. They said, if you wanted to receive Christ, you know, and they were sort of patting people on the head and there were some falling and, and it wasn't happening for me. It wasn't happening for me. But something happened. There was something that was lifted. Can't explain it, but I know there was. And I felt a burden lifted. Definition of joy is a cheerful, calm delight and rejoicing in a particular circumstances. And it seemed from that point forward, I, something can happen. And it didn't affect me the same way. It didn't have its hold on me. I could have a bad day and it, I didn't go to the things I used to know to yeah. satisfy those, to bring that comfort, false comfort, that false um, enjoyment. I could walk through it and I could pray to God and he was there. I found the comfort in just walking through it knowing he was there. Um, it was, I mean, it, it took a while, but slowly but surely, things got, the circumstances of that I was walking through changed and he showed me how to walk through it without going to the flesh without responding in the flesh and I got to experience real joy um, the work of the flesh of the, and the opposite of joy is frustration when something didn't happen 
I didn't have to be frustrated anymore. I didn't have to be angry or respond in, a, in the flesh, basically. Definition for that is a rejection or unhappy refusal in the circumstances of life. If something, I remember, I got, we eventually had to, we got to lead my mom to Christ. And once she passed, she died young of cancer. I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't angry. I had a, a peace. There was, you know, I was going to miss her because we, at an older age, um, I was 36. She was 57. And we had just barely, she had gotten saved about two years earlier. And we had just been able to start building a father, I mean, a father, a mother-son relationship. And I could enjoy a mother, what a mother was. And I seen things differently, and I seen her differently, and she responded different, differently. But when she passed, I wasn't angry. I wasn't frustrated. Why, God? Why did you take her? Now, I could have a peace, a cheerful, calm attitude. And that was Christ. That was what he did for me. And he, and he does for us. I didn't have to go have a drink or go do the things that a lot of the other family members were doing. Saying, oh, why this and why that? I knew why. Because he's in control. And I know where she is today. And I can find peace in life now. Even through hard circumstances. Even through the taking of somebody we love. Even through correction. James chapter 1 verse 2 my brother brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience you know when you have patience when you have victory over your emotions you can have joy in hard circumstances and hard um, issues in life because they're going to come. That's one thing Christ said. It's going to happen. But we, we can have a different response through Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Um, and we, I praise the Lord for that. It's been I can't say it's been every time because I still battle with the flesh on a daily basis. But he's given me victory in a lot of circumstances. And we, we can get on our knees and praise him for that. We can thank him for the ability to know a sound mind. Um, 
how to have the right response. And then, do I always do that? No, no, but we have a, a God that's full of grace and mercy. We can go to him and repent and say, Father, I didn't respond right. Please help me. I know uh, it was hard for me to watch my wife leave this morning. She's going to be gone. And, you know, I got all this worry and, ah, oh, Lord, just bring her back safe. Bring them back safe. Keep them safe. Um, dealing with abandonment issues, you know, from a child. Having to go to go in, Lord. All right. She's coming back. <laughs> or you're bringing her back, Lord, please. You know, but you, you, it's hard to, to know. The lost don't see that. They don't have that understanding to how little things affect who you are your whole life. And I can recognize that today. You know, through through the his ability, through his spirit living in me, hey, he's coming back. Oh, trust me. Trust me. So we'll move next to peace. Well, that's where peace falls in. When we have that joy, we have peace. A peace that passes the whole understanding. We see something that lie is right before us and it looks like the circumstances are un unfixable. But the, but he can fix everything. And it's up to him. It says to be safe from harm in your spirit, mind, and body. That is a definition of peace. I'm going to go to a scripture real quick. First Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can... We can have peace. And when someone's harmed, we feel, you know, how are we going to make it through this? We can have peace in him. The fruit, the fruit of the flesh or the work of the flesh is worry. That's the opposite of peace. And that's to live in fear and harm, of harm in your spirit, mind, and body. We see these things going on in the world, and <clears throat> thank God we we have the scriptures. We know what's what's happening. We know what's going to happen. We don't have to worry. We have a job to do as Christians, and that's be a light into this dark world, sharing the scripture, sharing the gospel doing outreaches one-on-one. -on -one. I think one-on-one uh, -on -one for me has been a, you know, a, a hurdle. I've been uh, a one-man show for a long time. 
you know, prior to being saved, I, you know, it was me. It's always been me. Nobody else has been there for me. So it's easy to become isolated. And it's just, I, I don't need nobody. I can take care of myself. But I do. I need. I need God. I need Christ. I need family. I need my wife. I need my children. And it's. It's um, hard to change that. It's hard to let that go. And because when you let that, when you let people in, you're not trusting God. You're trusting man. And that's tough. That's tough for me. Back to, again, like issues with my mom and my dad. You know, if you if they you can't trust them, who can you trust? And then I keep a I would keep a short list of people that I let in. And I had to change that. I had to care for others and let them care for me. It's. And and people are going to let us down. Because they're dealing with the same things we are. They're dealing with everything that we deal with, they deal with. Some more, some less, but it's we're all we're all on the same level of flesh. And I can trust God. We can trust God. And that, and pray. Pray is, prayer has been a big thing um, that has changed me. I always feel better praying for people. I always know that God is going to do work. It may not be the work that I'm thinking is going to happen, but God is always going to work. He's always going to say yay or nay. He's always going to let them make the decision and we just as Christians have to be there for them whether they do or not it goes back to that love expecting nothing in return my my wife is a great example of that we had some you know she always when we met, she had said, oh, I always told myself I was never going to marry this type of person who did this and did this and that. And it was like she was naming off exactly who I was. But, you know, and it wasn't, it was who I was. It wasn't who I was living that at that time. But it's, it just shows God, God changes people no matter, no matter what they think. No matter what I was thinking, God was God can change people. I could look at someone and go, they're lost. Nothing's gonna nothing's gonna change them, and God changes them. And we praise him for that. So I don't have to worry anymore. I can cast that down at the Lord's feet and say, This is yours, Lord. And then he can bring me the peace. 
that he promises us. I thank him on a daily basis. So if you have the love of Christ, then he brings you the joy of Christ. And then you can receive the peace of God. The fourth fruit is long-suffering. The long-suffering, an enduring temperament that expresses itself in patience with the shortcomings of others. That's, that's what I see call him Brother Lupe. He was the guy who just really took a hold of me. And, uh, he he needed a lot of long suffering for me. <laughs> I mean, I put him, I put him through, and I remember he was sitting on this thing. He goes, "Man, why are you so stupid?" <laughs> you know, and he could talk to me like that because I trusted, him, you know, and I could trust that he was telling me truth, and. Then I'd have to recalculate my thoughts <laughs> and and change and change and but the opposite of long suffering, the work of the flesh is quick tempered. So, and you know, he could correct me without being vicious. You know, I didn't feel that that was vicious. I felt. You know, the Lord pricked my heart when he told me that. And I was like, that was me. And quick temper definition is the ir irritability that negatively excites our passions. So we can, we, you know, quick, we're quick tempered. Not a sudden, it, it just blows up. You know, and we can blow up and, and I've done that as a safe person and had to repent. I think that's, there's a lot of that going on in, in my life with me <laughs> towards others. Um, my wife says that, that I'm, I'm quick to apologize. And I, I think that's, that's not me. That's the Lord saying, breaking my heart. You're wrong. You're wrong. Get that right. And it's not so much now as it was in the beginning, thank God, but it still happens. It still happens at work. Uh, occasion with a guy at work, he started cursing at me, and uh, and I got in the flesh a little bit, you know, and started to rear back. And and the Lord, I just started sweating. It was like the Lord was like, what are you doing? And I had to step aside, and then I went to him and apologized. And it changed his, you know, I felt he was the initiator, but it changed his demeanor. He was like, well, I had to come back and then repent. Look, I apologize. I'm sorry if I made you feel a certain way. It was never my intention. Please forgive me. I didn't, I didn't ask for his apology. I asked for his forgiveness. Good teaching. And... That's how I know where 
prior to being saved, that would have never happened. I would have been like, well, see you. You know, it's another one gone. So I praise the Lord for that. Um, that I don't have to be quick-tempered. I can be long-suffering. I can love without expecting anything in return. I could have real joy. I can trust again. I can have peace in relationships. It's a long journey, still not over. We st I still got a lot of learning to do. Um, but we can, we can get there. The next fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> when God blesses you with long-suffering, you no longer have to be quick-tempered or quick to anger, quick to wrath, quick to those types of outcomes. Is gentleness. Gentleness is a softness in manner. And James... Chapter 3, verse 17. I think that's it. But the wisdom, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So being gentle it's hard for nowadays, you know, well you refrain that thought. Uh it was hard for me to be gentle. I didn't know what softness looked like. And the flesh is rough. The fresh flesh of my flesh was rough, hard, sharp. Um, I didn't know how to be gentle. And I, you know, I'm still learning. I know my heart is like, man, that didn't come across so soft. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so, sorry. She goes, you work around men all day. And, you know, and I'm like, and I got it. I forget, you know, you can forget from leaving the house in the morning to coming home in the evening. It's that easy. To come home and have that soft manner, have a daughter, have a wife who is not hard, who's not rough, who's not sharp. Uh, and I got to come home and and take that away, set that set that back at the cross, at the foot of the cross. Uh, with my children, you know, boys, and you know, I, I grew up. The men that were around me were very harsh, very unkind. So I had to put that away. And I didn't know how to, you know, God, through time, has showed me more and more. But the, there's still a remnant. There's still that little fleshly seed that sits in there and doesn't want to die. And it pops up. The, the work of the flesh for gentleness is harshness, roughness, roughness in manner, temper and words. You know, to be gentle, soft-spoken is not me. 
not me and the core, you know, of, of, of my flesh, of my sinful nature. It's always been rough. It's always been worldly. Always been worldly. But God can show us. He did use a, a good man to show me how to do that. And it was a man didn't, who was, he would, he would talk to me. He'd come up and look in my eyes and face to face, gently, and say, hey, calm down. <laughs> Relax. Uh, think about what you're saying before you say it. Right. Think about how you're going to say it. And, you know, it's still, like I said, it's still a work in progress. Because we deal with unsaved people. We deal with people who, who are dealing with the same issues. You know, you push me, I push you. And, and that's our mentality is in the flesh. Is we respond in like manner. And we're, we're no longer that same person. We belong to Christ. We don't respond in the same manner. We have a different response. And that's what draws people to Christ. Is something's different. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But once they surrender to Christ, they will put their finger. They will know what it is. And they'll know it ain't me. <laughs> and we'll know that it ain't us. It's, it's all him. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ liveth in me. Goodness. Conforming our lives and conversations to behave benevolently towards others. This, I'm going to go to... Psalms 23.6, see if that's the right one. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we're, when we're living in with the spirit of in the spirit of goodness, the definition I have for that is conforming our lives and conversations to behave benevolently towards others. That's what people know us for. Man. He's pretty gentle for a guy. You know, and he's pretty merciful. And that's what we they begin to know us as. Not who we who we were, but it's who God has made us to be, gentle. You know, I, I appreciate that, Brother Jimmy, that you have that. You have that gift. When you have conversations with I notice that. I notice that. The opposite of the work of the the flesh what we do in the flesh is meanness we're not gentle or we're not we don't put forth goodness we're mean a refusal to be liberal with charity thus avoiding any personal expense we're harsh i'm not going to invest any time in that person they're not worth it you know with it 
And it always goes back to the fruits of the spirit are always for the benefit of others. It's, it's never, never for us, you know, and putting people first, despite their response. Okay, there's a couple guys at work who just, they're after me. I feel like, you know, that they're always after me. Yeah. They're, they're poking and prodding and, you know, not having the, the response. And I pray that God would work on them and help me not to have the wrong response. Not to be respond mean, harsh, and be willing to um, be spent for them, involve myself in them, reach out to them. This guy named Steve, he's uh, he's always doing that, but I still call him. You know, I bring food in and I give it out. I bring meals and stuff like that. And he's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I like to share, you know. If they don't see the difference, they're going to think you're you're just the same. And they know I'm a Christian. And if that's how they look at me is I'm just like them. That's not painting the picture of a Christian in their life. And they'll never, they'll never want Christ if, if I represent him that way. They'll never look to him or uh, they'll never have a desire to know what he's about. You know, I, I know in, on outreach, people are, they say some foul things sometimes. What are you doing here? Stay over on your side. I, I, I've heard it, but if you have the wrong response, that's going to even justify their actions. There's a, there's a scripture that talks about good works when you do works towards the lost, it, despite how they're treating you, it it pours hot coals over there, over them, to, and it doesn't change the way they think, doesn't draw them to Christ like.